Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 210 of Dude and the Monkey. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, and uh, this week, we are uh, going to chat uh, the new Netflix uh, movie, new um, David Michaud film, uh, War Machine. Uh, we're also going to, um, I think, will this count, this, this count that's the first part of our Twin Peaks chat, or the first proper part of our Twin Peaks yeah, chat? Yeah, I suppose last week was probably like almost like part zero. Yeah, part zero. We love a part zero on this, don't we? We yeah, started we with an episode zero, we didn't did. we? <laughs> yes. Uh, all those years we talk about Star Wars. The first new Star Wars announcement, I think it was, wasn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> yeah. And then we've had two movies? Two movies? Yeah. <laughs> well, the cusp of a third. Um, so, yes, so we had chat um, some Twin Peaks. Um, what I will say, remember guys, we are all spoilers all the time, so we will be spoiling the first four episodes of the uh, new series of Twin Peaks. Um, we will get to some uh, what you've been watching, but I'm going to guess that between the two of us, there's not that much because it's kind of been taken over by various bits. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a few. Like, I've got I've got I've actually got a couple, so that's that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. Man. Okay. Um, uh, also, as well, um, I, I I think relating to the movie we're going to cover, uh, I think we might have a brief discussion. Um, about the the current furor that is going on uh, as to where Netflix position stands within films, it won't be like a big long discussion, but I'm guessing we might segue quite nicely into that from uh, talking about War Machine, uh, with it being a uh, you know a, a big budget Netflix movie, I suppose is the best way to describe it. Um, uh, well then we're also going to chat uh, the usual bits of some trailers, some questions, and other relevant bits. Is there anything I have missed there, Ian? Shall I rant a little bit? Uh, you are about to run, I think, about something which is movie kind of encapsulated, I suppose, what, what you could say, couldn't you? Um, from here, yeah. Go on. My, my Xbox says that I've played three and a half hours of the Friday the 13th game. Would, would, would that be a, a, a stretch to call it you've played or yeah. have you essentially viewed? <laughs> The menu screen. The, yeah, the menu, <laughs> and an error screen. The, the menu screen. Um, it crashing back to the, the Xbox dashboard. Um, I've been able to have a look at some of the characters. Ooh, are you um, looking? <laughs> yeah, great. Um, yeah, three and a half hours. Cost 30, $31.99. Um, you basically convinced me to buy it, you bastard <laughs> it's just gonna be like the fact that um that you are no um £2.49 <laughs> do I? after convincing him to watch that Nick Cage film so he rented it I was it the way around oh I'm not sure about that a while ago <laughs> yeah oh yeah okay well yeah alright fine no you're not getting any money out of me but um, I don't think you convinced it once you just said it's not actually that bad and he rented it and said if it's shit you owe me 250 yeah 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 no okay um, well, you know I've got a propensity for Nick Cage dog eat dog aside uh, yeah so yeah well, no indeed so this is the Kickstarter game which yeah. raised quite a lot and the thing is it's a team of five people basically and yeah. even though the tweets of one of them on friday suggested there were there were only two in the office that day yeah which which, which on launch day is a little bit mm. now the thing is they were saying that the 
basic, basically, for those who don't know, the Friday the 13th game, it, it, it launched and people just have barely been able to play it. Apparently, PC is okay. PS4 is getting there. Xbox One is still a complete shit show. Uh, <coughs> and they've blamed it on Amazon servers, which apparently were shite, and then they migrated over. That was a tweet yesterday. Doesn't seem to have made any difference whatsoever, at least to me. Um, and it, at the moment, the only way you seem to be able to get into a game is if you specifically do a private match between people that you know, which obviously requires you to have friends who have got the game. I I know of one other one other person I know who has it, and he's got it on a PlayStation Four, so that doesn't really work. Now the thing is, as well, they were saying that it was unexpected demand and like it's got it's blown up on Twitch. It's been blowing up on Twitch for the last few days because Twitch streams were allowed a couple of days before the game actually came out. Uh, so right. they should have had an idea off of that. And also, if yes, they are a small company. It's being published by a by a larger company. They should be able to do sales projections. Not only not only that, there's now, I've been kind of loosely kind of following it when and and when I I, I can't at the moment. Um, I was actually interested in getting it. The thing that put me off it, I, I was actually going to buy it on Friday because um, Bex was out with a friend, um, so I had Friday night to myself, and I was going to buy it Friday. And then I read that the um, the single player mode uh, isn't launching until summer. summer. Yeah. So I thought, you know what, I, I'm not that into uh, multiplayer court games. I, I'd probably prefer just to just to play and get you know a level of the the single player thing, and then go from there. Um, so I decided against it. Um, but. I was kind of following it and having a look and sort of seeing, and it did seem like a lot of people having issues. And it, yeah, you can say to the, you know people the same. Look, we are a Kickstarter company, we're not a huge company, but etc. And things like that. And there is a certain amount of I think good grace you can give to people, but then there's a certain amount of all right, but you chose to launch it, you. And it, it, it it's essentially it shit the bed on launch. And and the thing is, you can't. It's digital only at the moment. They're gonna do a physical copy, but at the moment it's digital only. Now Steam, they let you get refunds on things as long as you've not played more than two hours. I, I yeah. believe is is what it is. Xbox. That that feature is actually currently kind of in beta for their insider program members, and PlayStation don't offer that at all. Now I thought digital refunds was a thing for everybody on Xbox One, so that's my fault for not looking into it beforehand. Can I just what I will state mm. is although officially uh, PlayStation Four um, don't offer um, refunds on their digital content. You can get refunds on their digital content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, no. I mean, that, but it's not an easy process. Like, um, no. You, you do have to. You have to contact them. You have to prove the reasons why, uh, etc., and things like that. I mean, the thing is with this, literally, it's not fit for purpose. If there was a single player mode at launch, and they could say, "Well, look, 
in the end of the day, yeah, multiplayer's having problems. You are able to play the game, just not fully featured. Fair enough. You can't play the game. You literally... I mean, like, unless you're lucky, or unless you do a fucking workaround that you shouldn't have to do, no. you can't play the game. So, it's... I, I, I think that's like a sales of a sale of goods act thing. As much if, something, as it, it, if something's faulty, then it, it's not fit for purpose. Therefore, you have bought something that isn't fit for purpose. Um, so, if a suitable exchange cannot be offered, then a refund must be. But it is, it is one of the first things they have to offer. A refund. Yeah, I mean, I I would take at this point. I mean, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it again tonight because I really want to play it. I, That's it. It it, it, it it seems because in, I, I saw a few of the tweets they put out, and it does seem like they're they're desperately trying to say, look, we are sorry. But there was one that said, you know, we are sorry, but we do kind of have to sleep, and it's a bit like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's the the, the thing is, you yeah, you do, but. When people are pissed off the fact that they've they're not getting money, maybe sleeping shifts. <laughs> well, it's there's that, and it's also I, it's just like it, it's weird because there were some people like really defending them and saying like, "Oh, these fucking people just don't have any patience and they can't wait." Blah blah blah. But no, you have patience. That's why there's a release date. Yeah. And it's 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 kind of a common thing these days, and. With, with games, you know, just launching buggy and fucked, basically. It does happen sometimes. And I understand these guys are indie developers and, and whatnot, but it's just like, you must be able to stress test for a, a worst-case apocalypse scenario, which it sounds like is what they've had. Because fair play, it's it's had more interest than they expected. I which is great, that. but this, is, this, this could fucking kill it in the water. That's it, you know, and the only fit, the only saving grace for them at the moment is the fact that it is a ball ache getting digital refunds on mo- on 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 most platforms. That's yeah. that's the, it. The thing is, the, the, the strange thing is, um, it, it seems to be because nowadays you can patch and you can patch because you can you can stay. You have to be online to play this game, or ninety nine point nine percent of the time people are online. You can patch so that, that, for instance, you can FIFA. I buy FIFA every year, and every year they almost they demo it. It is beta tested to an extent um, because I got offered the beta last year um, because of all the hours I wrapped up on it. They offered me the beta, but I didn't have time. I know that was a fucking strange email to get. Congratulations, you were signed up to play seventeen thousand hours of FIFA last year. Would you like the beta? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. I was tempted, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't take it up because the beta actually, as well, only gives you access to the player, the game, the menu system, and to play it online. Uh, and I didn't play online, so I thought, you know what, okay. Um, but they bug test it by releasing it, and then work out what the problems are, and then fix it, and then put out a patch. Well, I mean, this and is... so it's almost become a little bit like the industry standard now is to go right. How do we get it to a point where we can sell it enough? release it and then we'll we'll pick, pick up any bugs or any patches or anything from there and we can just drop it as an automatic download yeah no it's i mean and i mean uh, 
I, I will stop in a minute, but it's that, that's exactly what happened with like Mass Effect Andromeda. So you mm. know, you you saw me live stream some some of that, yeah. And that game just hard crashed on me several times, um, and it was just it 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 was obviously it was released two weeks before the end of the financial year. It was so obviously they just had project it they they had their expectations in that they would get opening week money from that in that financial year so they had to yeah. do it and as a result mass effect the series has been put on ice which if you said that 5 or 6 years ago no one would have believed because that fucker was huge when mass yeah. effect 3 came out uh the developer uh it was their it was so it was bioware montreal who were a, a former support studio um, for like making multiplayer maps and stuff like that for main Bioware campaign stuff. It was their first game, and they've been they've basically been told, right, you're not doing that again. Back to support studio you go, even though it's probably not their fucking fault. Um, and but that game came out and just got so derided for early stuff, and it has been patched, and apparently it has been improved, but early bugs was so derided that it just killed it dead. That's that's the thing with, with games nowadays. It, it, they almost have an opening weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do. They really and do. It, it, if, if, if things... The, 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 the thing is, you can see that as a little bit because people get excited about game releases nowadays. When, you know, gaming has become a big thing, you know, and as as they should, I get excited every year about the, the FIFA... Uh, Weekend of Free comes out. Before that, I used to get excited when Pro Evo used to come out. I used to take the weekend off work for it, mm. so I could just um, crash through it. I won't do it now, but I, I did. I did used to. Um, and so people get excited about it, and then if you get it home, and then for a while you had the thing of getting it home, putting it in your machine, and going right, brilliant. I'll play that in two and a half hours. Yeah. And then you go back to it. And then you'd have ones where you'd have servers were crashing, and now it's you can start playing it, and you go da 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 da. You might get forty five minutes into your game, and then it, the fucker crashes. It's you know it it is a it is a problem, and they've kind of it's gone from a problem where they've gone. Do you know what? We can actually kind of get away with it because what they're gonna do? Take it back, and it almost does seem a little bit like they're they're willing to risk it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I, I, it's just, I, this obviously took them by surprise with Friday the 13th. It mm. obviously did, but it kind of feels like they didn't do their fucking homework beforehand, and that's it, not really good enough. In, 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 in a nowadays time, with the level of bandwidth broadband and servers and things like that, you know, anybody whose fucking server crash is ridiculous. I remember about... Um, Three, four years ago, um, the um, it, 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 same principle but slightly different, um, slightly off topic with it, I suppose, is um, when you buy Liverpool tickets and you buy, you, you can buy them in, in blocks. So you can't buy a ticket for an individual match, you buy it for a block of matches right. and they come in like four blocks and then there's two matches every year are just general release. And my dad has what's called fan card. So fan card gives you the right to buy so many blocks. Um, and their servers kept on crashing. So any time, any day where you went to where the, the ticket sales went on, the servers would just crash out. And it depended on whose servers you were on. So you could be on and you could be sat next to somebody 
who's also trying to log on. And whichever server, if you connect to one server via their it routing through, you know, it's not something you select, you could get kicked off. But the guy next to you is going fine. And the owners found out about this because a lot of people complained on, on social media and things like that mm. and looked into it and basically came out and said, that is, John Henry's exact word, that's fucking stupid that any company nowadays should be able to blame servers. That is about three years ago. He said that is amateur hour of the fucking highest order. Mm. And he was using the expletives. He said it's amateur hour of the highest fucking order to blame servers. If you expect to get 100,000 people coming through uh, a gate, you need to build a gate big enough for 200,000 people, not 100,000. There you go. You know. and it is a little bit like that. Um, but so, yeah, I can see why that's very, very frustrating. It's um, just, it, it killed my Friday night. You know what I mean? It does. It, it, it just, like, it, it, I just... It was like waiting for that. It was like, oh, fuck it. And then I watched the last 40 minutes of a film that I'll talk about later that I just fucking also <laughs> killed my Friday night. I was WhatsApping you, so I think you probably yeah. know what it is, but yeah, fucking yeah. hell. Uh, but yeah, if assuming I'm actually able to get on at some point, I'm going to do some live streaming of it. So, I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, I mean, like, it sounds so cool, though. Like, the fact that, like, your mic audio, when, like, hearing other people, you can only hear other people when they are close to you in the game. That's it. It sounds like such a good game. It looks fun. It looks it looks good. I, I really do hope that it, it comes out and it all works out for him. And they put out first list just going, look, we're fucking sorry. We did kind of drop the ball um, and we apologise. Uh, here's some fucking downloadable content. We're gonna I, give I to think you they're going to need to say anybody who bought it on the first weekend, here's a, it. They, I know for the Kickstarter backers, they uh, they get, gave them as part of the bonus uh Tom Savini designed a new new Jason yeah. like costume. I think they probably need to just give that to people who bought it in the first weekend. Yeah. If they do that, and if it's fucking playable tonight slash tomorrow, cool. Yeah. But it's like it's I'm I'm very I I'm I bet they're glad it was over a weekend and a bank and a bank ho- and a holiday weekend in the US where Xbox and PlayStation support probably aren't as available as they usually are. Because I think you'd have had a lot of people fucking just asking, give me my money back. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway, uh, that was a tangent. Trailers. Uh, I haven't seen any. Right, I've seen a couple. Okay, go. Um, Hitman's Bodyguard Trailer 2. Does it it still look as fun as it did previously? Yeah, it probably probably more so. Yes, okay. It looks it looks like so much fucking fun. It turns out I think that from what I can gather now from trailer two is these that um Ryan Mail's character and Samuel Jackson's character have a little bit of history. Oh, okay. Alright. Yeah. Um so yeah, it, it 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 looks it looks good. Uh really so you've not watched the Spider Man the new Spider Man trailer? Oh, fuck a duck, yeah. No, I did. I totally did, yeah. Yeah, with the um, the Spider-Man, Spider-Iron Man suit. Iron Spider-Man suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. yes, I totally have. Yeah, well, what, what, what are you thinking? I, I'm... Uh, who knows? Um, you yeah, know, I, I'm, I'm like that. I, do you know what? I'm, I'm watching it going... I should I should be watching it going, ah, oh, fuck off, that's a little bit. What is it? But I'm kind of the more I watch of it, the kind of and the more people are turning on it, the more I'm going. Can we just remember this as a Spider-Man movie? 
I'm I really really like that he's an excitable kid. Yeah. They haven't had that in these fucking films yet, and that like that feels like a fresh enough take. That and the the, the way that they are involving it in the MCU, mm. I think is quite clever. Um, the thing that's the thing that's getting me through it is I want is um, seeing interviews with him a bit like that, and the fact that you watch it going. He's a charismatic as fuck guy. That kid's out of it. awesome, Tom Holland. Good on him. He is, isn't he? and you look at it going, do you know what? Do you know what? I, even even if reviews all come out and say shit and everything like that, I'm still going to go, I'm still going to spend my money because I want it to be a hit for him. <laughs> he just looks like he's having the best time. He does, but he looks like he's having the best time, but he's just been a really nice guy with it. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. He, he, he very much is going down the um, down the Daniel Radcliffe route of being cast into Stratosphere, going, I'm going to enjoy this, but I'm going to not be a dick doing it, mm. because I saw what happened to Alex Pettifer when he was a dick about stuff, and now he gets cast in nothing. Mm. <laughs> if there was a straight-to-DVD fucking Magic Mike 3, he probably still won't get in it. Well, no, fucking Lottie wants to see this as well. It's not happening, but like she's asked a couple of times about it, and it's just like because she's seen me watching the trailer and stuff, and obviously mm. she knows who Spider-Man is, and it's just nah, no, no fucking way. Um, you know, I mean, I maybe when it comes out, the thing is as well because it's Sony, it's going to be a fucking Marvel Studios film in 4K at last. Yeah. Um, and when the 4K comes out, maybe I'll show her bits of it, but. I, you know, she wouldn't sit there and watch the whole thing anyway. But, it, yeah, I, I don't know. It looks good, and it's just the reason why I mention that is because, you know, it's re- it's got, it's my first experience of like having a young kid kind of wa- like watch that and go like, oh, that looks like something something I want to see, and me being like, no, <laughs> you know, it's um, which is kind of um, kind of brutal. She didn't want to watch Return of Xander Cage. I'll tell you that for free. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, no, I mean, like, I was, I was watching it, and um, Donna and Lottie came home, and but Lottie took like one look at it, and she was like, "Daddy, this is yeah. boring." And it was like, "No, no, it's not boring. It's fucking brilliant, you little <laughs> shit. You're fucking boring. Yeah, yeah, you're you, you're fucking boring, you little fucking crying machine." Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, and the other one, last one I watched because what I've done now much out is the uh, Wind River trailer, the um, Taylor Sheridan, directorial debut, Ooh, written nice. and directed by him. Looks fucking good. Okay. Nice. Looks really fucking good. Oh. Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, and John uh, Barenthal. Um, body washes, not just wash up. Body is found um, in a remote Indian reservation. Uh, in Wyoming, in the snow, um, in one of the most remote places in America, where it bases in the trailer, you know, ninety percent of crimes in this area are not solved. It is that remote. Um, yeah, it looks really fucking good. It looks very much like it's um, in the same sort of similar vein as. Um, Sicario and uh, Hella High Water in, in the terms of it's going to be quite heavy going in its message but a well written story it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Taylor Sheridan gets on with directing to see if he's got 
the same kind of eye for directing as he does for writing. But uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. He, I think he's going to be absolutely somebody to watch out for. Um, I think it uh, won something at Cannes. Has it? Um, it's also Nick Cave and uh, Warren Ellis um, score as well. Um, Ooh, like the film we're going to talk about. Like uh, the film we're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah, uh, it won. Sorry, two ticks. It won something in uncertain regard, which is like the the second tier thing yesterday. Yeah. Uh, fucking hell. Oh, best director. He got best director. Best director. Ooh, yeah. Well, that's very interesting. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, very good. So we okay? Should we should we talk about? Yes. What we're going to talk about? Yeah. Sweet. So, um, yeah, that, that's it. Right. So, yeah, War Machine, um, the Netflix movie from David uh, Michonne, who obviously directed, uh, wrote and directed Animal Kingdom and The Rover. I've not seen The Rover. You saw it, but were not too keen on it. It was my Marathon. birthday film a couple years back, and it was Bobbins. Yeah, uh, whereas Animal Kingdom, I think we're both in agreement, is is a Very fucking good. stellar film. Oh, yeah. um, it's, that's a fantastic movie. That is uh, is Animal Kingdom. Um, this time he wants, he's, um, he wants his fucking car back because his dead dogs in it. It's an is that, that's the rover, isn't it? It's an hour. It's fucking so. I, that, like that title is weirdly punny, even though yeah. it probably doesn't mean that in Australia. But like fuck it, that fucking film, man. Like it was just. Oh, it's it, it, he's so angry about this car. He's so angry about this car. Why does he want this car? Oh. Because it had his only connection to humanity that he had left in it. It's just no, no, fuck off. Like, no, no. <laughs> you, I remember it, 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 it angered you when you spoke about. It. Cause I was gonna watch it, and you actually sent me a message saying, saying, you could, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he's he's a director. Well, I don't know. I was gonna say he's a director of of, of promise, but you know, we'll 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 talk. We'll talk about that. Because, yeah, I, I, I think I know we might agree on this one. So this is um, set in um, 2009-2010, I believe. Um, it is a part fictional, part based around fact story um, of um, Stanley McChrystal, uh, uh, who's actually just called uh, four-star general Glenn McMahon in this film, uh, played by Brad Pitt. We've also got Anthony Michael Hall, Topher Grace, Will Poulter, uh, cameos from Tilda Swinton and Ben Kingsley. Um, Trying to think of who else is in there that you might recognise people. There's a few of those. Oh, it's him from that thing. Uh, people within uh, the film. Uh, so it is about, I say, uh, General McMahon, uh, he, at the start of the film, essentially is given the the role of sorting out the war in Iraq, uh, sorry, in Afghanistan, and bringing that to an end. Um, and he's overseeing everything, sort of the US's involvement and the coalition's uh, involvement. Uh, and he's a, a career, um, he's a career soldier who very much sort of sticks behind the book, but also at the same time, it would seem plays by his own rules and sticking by the book. And he's a, he's played in this as almost a bit like a caricature, would you say? Is that fair? I don't know what the fuck he is in this film, to be fair. Yeah, um, so, it, it there's, there's not much, I, 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 it may sound like I'm giving, I'm not really understanding what the film's about in terms of the story, but there's not actually that much that goes on story wise in this movie. Um, Ian, War Machine, uh, what did you think? Right, I liked it, but it's a fucking mess. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed my time with it. I enjoyed individual scenes in it. 
Yeah. But it doesn't feel coherent in the slightest. And I will also, I, I just want to say, I would rather watch, a, with the look that Russell Crowe has on his face in the last <laughs> 10 seconds of this film, I wish I was watching that film. I, right. This movie's over two hours long, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. I must add, yeah. right? It's, and I'm sort of jumping in here, but it's, it's barely a film. I'm already going to downgrade my rating on Letterboxd. I, I, three and a half out of five, I think, is actually too positive, even in this opening minute of conversation. Yeah, Sorry, it's, go on, go on. It's barely a film, which, uh, uh, in agreeance with you, I did enjoy certain bits of it, and I did enjoy certain parts of it, but it meanders like a motherfucker. Oh, God, yeah. Um... Nothing happens at all. Yet stuff actually does happen. I'm, I think it's satirical, but I'm not sure it ever is satirical enough. Um, it, it I, I don't know whether it's telling, whether it's it's showing that this is whether it, it's trying to criticise Brad Pitt's character. Or whether or not he's trying to praise him for his good intentions. I don't know whether he's supposed to be a bumbling fool yeah. or a um, a strategical genius who is working with bumbling fools. I don't know whether it's about Americans going into everything to gung fucking ho or Americans seeming like they're going everything gung ho, but they actually know what they're doing. It it is just a fucking mess. Yeah, I mean it's. And you've got to you've got to blame David Michaud for this because you it, do. it feels like in for the first half of the film he said to Brad Pitt, right, do your character in Fury, but thirty percent more Cohen Brothers. Uh, yes, that is so accurate. <laughs> you know, and then for the second half of it, he's gone. Do a sad bastard version of your character from Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. And it's like, so, yes, are you supposed to laugh at him? Are you supposed to like him? You know, because, and I I think it's kind of interesting because it's, it's getting at the complexities of a man who wants to do the right thing, but is also hung up on his own personal, I need to make my own mark. That's it. The thing is, he... He does seem like a thoroughly likeable person character. I mean, Tilda Swinton says herself in her one scene bit, I'm saying all this, I think you are a good man. And it's like, yeah, yeah. all the way through, you think he's a good man. But is he a good man who's also a goofy bastard or a good man who's a bit of a selfish dick? Which one is it? That's it. And I I think it, it straddles it a little bit too much. But like I say, he does he does seem like a good guy who's just the other point there is is he a good guy who's been put up put in a situation where he's destined to fucking fail? Well, I mean, and they've put him there as almost like he's not going to create too much of a mess, and they've put him in there as a little bit of a patsy. Well, yeah, I mean they totally have, and that's the thing. But he's in there thinking this is my mo- like this is my moment. I am going. 
Yeah, uh, I am going to take uh, full, uh, fucking what's the area called? Oh, oh hell uh, mount yeah thank yeah. you and he's like i'm gonna take hell mount i'm gonna i'm gonna make my mark um so i mean so and there's a selfishness there which it feels like the start of the film would dig into but by the end it's like they change their mind and they're actually going no feel sorry for him because even though mm. he's sending these people out there to die which he is um even though he thinks he's not at the same time it's because he is basically going a bit mad with the pressure of it all and it's his last chance you know it's i don't know what david michaud was going for here no and that's that's the kind of the, the the worry of the film is you don't really know where it's going because you've got a character for instance like um anthony michael hall in it um, who is so caricature, it's untrue. Um, and all he seems to do is just get angry and shout at things. I mean, I liked, I liked that his like dog-like um, admiration for. You, yeah, and, and that was it. But did you not find as it got to what, the, the start that we were, but as it got further through it, it was it, it got a little bit like we get it. Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 to- no, totally. It, it, it's very, very one note. It's very whereas, one note. Yeah, whereas the other side of it, you've got... Um, well, sorry. He does put note well, yeah. You've got um, John McGarrow, um as his... Um, the special ops guy, hmm. the other side of him, who's doing all the organising and stuff like that. He's actually played quite straight. Hmm. And he's the only one that's almost sort of straight out of a lot of them. The rest of them are all a little bit over the top. But we're saying this, but there are some really fun scenes in it. The scene where he uh, he pretends that the comms, he can't hear um, Alan Rook. Mm. Uh, Alan Rook, it's not Alan Rook, who is it? Um, Alan Rook's the other guy, isn't it? Um, is it? Is it Josh Stewart? Uh... Who, who plays... No, oh, fucking hell, which one is it? One of them. Anyway, the guy who's playing... Um, oh, fuck. can his name. Anyway, you know which one I mean, Yeah, right? I, I totally know which one you mean, when, sorry. Yeah. When he's playing, and, he, and he's saying, no, can't hear you. And he can clearly hear him, and he even gets fucking... The kid from uh, Me and the Dying Girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, into the fuck about with the comms. And they're just laughing at each other. <laughs> it's, yeah, there's scenes like that that are really good. And the, you know, Brad Pitt's clearly kind of gone for it. You know, the the weird run that he's got works. You know, I, again, that kind of feels like is totally. that what that the, like the, the the guy this is based on did, or is that just do Cohen Brothers? Yeah, and he, he, you're right, it is very Cohen. Uh, having Topher Grace playing the character he's playing is spot on as well yeah i mean it's not it's not a stretch is it but it's nice to see topher grace in something it, yeah it's nice to see topher grace playing almost topher grace is, is, is a little bit like like there's an evil twin topher grace and it, he either plays ridiculously nice guy next door or ridiculously nice guy next door's evil twin yeah, yeah sure sure <laughs> and there's a little bit like that and i really like evil twin topher grace um, I think was it American Ultra he was in and he played Evil Twin Topher Grace and he's the only thing that is watchable in that entire fucking film I did, I did you put me off it didn't don't watch, watch it unless it. In, in, in you have a severe hard on for Evil Twin Topher Grace don't bother and even then don't bother it shit um, 
but yeah, it, it's it's badly directed and written. Yep, and he wrote and directed it. And cast. It's... I even think that some of the casting's a little bit off. You know, why is Tilda Swinton playing a German politician? Why does she need to play a German politician? It is fucking to do an weird that they got Tilda Swinton in to do that one scene. I mean, do, do, do you, I have no problem with anything going and doing that one scene, but it, it like you like you said, it, it felt too goofy. The accent felt a little bit like really. If this is supposed to be a bit more punch in it, and this is supposed to be the moment where somebody kind of calls him out on the on the idea, and it shows how entrenched he is in the uh, military dogma, then fine. But the problem is you're cutting through that with Tilda Swinton doing an almost slapstick German impression. Mm. Oh, look. Look how she pronounces her W's. It just felt a little bit like... Is this kind of it for you, Tilda, nowadays? Are you just going to turn up wearing a weird fucking wig and doing an accent? Oh, she's going to be fucking brilliant in Oakshire, though. I'm looking forward to that. But I watched the trailer for that today, and that looks, it looks fantastic. But, but there she's playing a little bit more straight, though, isn't she? It's not goofy. Mm. Um, I didn't know that was well, just a slight tenor. I didn't know that was co-written by John Ronson. Yeah, man, he's he's fucking like fair play. I follow him on Twitter. He is so proud of that film. He like, fucking should be. He looks fucking fantastic. Yeah, not in like I mean, he, he's he kind of says like, here's the trailer. I know it's like I'm selling it, but I'm just I'm really 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 honoured that I'm involved in it and I believe that you know it, it, yeah the can't wait end of June I think that is on Netflix even the big kind of action scene I'm saying actually saying that you know that, that it feels like we're not talking that much about the movie here but there's not a great deal to talk no, about not, beyond the bits we're mentioning the, the, the one sort of big action scene in it with where Walt Poulter comes in who's one of the only characters in it who doesn't have an almost kind of like zany quality to him mm. um, but does look and maybe maybe this is intentional, but he does look like he's ten years too young for the character he's playing. I think isn't yeah. I mean, to be fair, he's obviously just leading a troop of boys. Yeah, which I think might be intentional. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, he sells it really well. No, he's good. And we, you know, when when it first starts sort of, and he, he doesn't sell it as somebody who is out of his depth. He starts barking orders at people, and even I was there going, "Oh, that's why he was cast in this because clearly." He looks like the fucking. He just looks like a guy who would be able to do it, but he can fucking. He's, he's talking it there, but it, it felt a little bit like that was supposed to be a big action scene, the whole thing, but it was done for twenty five quid with a <laughs> with an iPhone. Yes. Uh, yeah, which again, it's a Plan B movie, so it's Brad Pitt's production company. So you know he isn't getting fifteen million for the movie. Mm-hmm. Nobody else in this fucking cast commands a fee. Yet this costs sixty million dollars. Where the fuck did it go? Yeah, that's. I don't know. I mean, like, it looks like they did a, like made like a bit of location shooting. Um... Fucking desert though. Yeah, well, I mean, they they kind of like pop over Europe a little bit as well, don't they? They do, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Sixty million is definitely. I'm surprised it costs that much, to be honest. Um, mm. If this wasn't a Netflix movie, it would have maybe cost forty or fifty. No, right. 
We can jump, I think, into the what is it I in a second. I think if it's not a Netflix film, I don't think it gets made. Just made, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll admit that's what I was about to say, which which we'll we'll, we'll we'll draw close to our War Machine review in a second, mm. and then we'll, we'll come on to our little brief discussion bit. But, so, this is David Michon's third movie, I believe, now. Indeed. Right. So his first was um, Animal Kingdom, mm. his second was The Rover, and his third is War Machine, Right. Was Animal Kingdom a fluke? Yeah. Or was it that it was a really good story and that the cast just happened to land really well? Because Joe Edison's fantastic in it. Guy Pearce is very good in it. Jackie Weaver has been magnificent. But let's be honest, the absolute fucking standout in that movie was Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, it was it was Jackie Weaver and Ben Mendelsohn's kind of coming out party. For, uh, it was, yeah. It really and, wasn't and, it, so... And Ben Mendelsohn is... Because I remember when I watched that, I remember thinking, when he first arrived, Ben Mendelsohn arrived on it, I remember thinking, really? This is the guy that everyone's supposed to be a little bit fucking scared of? A guy who looks like the weird guy who always waits for the bus next to you and you think, God, I got this weird kid done talk to me. And then within half an hour, a minute, you go, this guy's fucking terrifying. <laughs> hmm. It's uh, he's I mean, Ben Mendelsohn's Ben Mendelsohn's great in something. He's just things that people say. He's always great in everything he fucking does. But was it a little bit that covered up the casting and that covered up some cracks in the film? And now he's struggling to kind of recapture the magic that he had. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be fair, I don't think this film's done him any favors. Like the reviews have not been great. No, I would say. And it, I don't know, it kind of feels like end of May feels slightly like maybe Netflix have dumped it a little bit. Um, it, there was very little. It it just kind of arrived. This is a Brad Pitt starring Netflix movie, and it just it just kind of dropped yeah. on Friday. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, it's 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 odd. I mean, he's. I think he's one and a half for me. I mean, I. Where are you with this? I'm touching cloth with it because I, I, I didn't not enjoy my time with it. I just think there was a better movie to be made out of the story. I'm a mild, definitely not shit, but it's very, very mild, very mild, just because I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. Yeah. But it could have been so much better. Yeah, I can agree with that. I think had I, I'd probably be a little bit less harsh on it had I had a, a, a quieter week and have had sort of more time in my hands. But the fact that I did sort of spunk two hours on this did make me go a lot of other stuff I'm going to watch. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, our audience um, was stepping up shit 60%. Touching cloth twenty percent and shit twenty percent. Fair enough. So, so generally quite quite nice. Um, we also did. I put another question. Um, it's just a brief thing with what's happened at Cannes with Netflix getting a bit of what is it? We spoke about it briefly last week. Um, discussion poll. I just put is Netflix good for the film industry? Um, and I the, the two choices you had there were you bet or hell no. Uh, you bet got ninety one percent. And Hell No got 9%. Um, what? 
just we'll get into it more and discuss about it. But out of those two options, Ian, uh, where would you fall? Well, I'd, I'd be hell yeah, like because frankly, a film like War Machine, you release it in the cinema, I'm probably not going to go and see it. Yeah. You have it on Netflix. I watch it in 4K and HDR. I kind of feel like right. I'm that's a large part of my 7.99 a month kind of paid for really. Yeah. So, yeah, I have no I have I have very little problems with it. It frankly, it's streaming in 4K would probably be better than the 2K DCP that they'd probably play in the cinema for it. So, yeah. I think I probably had a better experience at home watching it than I did uh, uh, than I than I theoretically would have in the cinema if I had seen it, which I wouldn't have. Yeah, and that that is the thing. I mean, uh, you know, the it does seem to be a little bit of the the critics of it uh, of Netflix. Um, a, I bet every fucking single one of them has a Netflix subscription. So you can't bitch and moan about Netflix, but but still have Netflix. You can't have it that way. <laughs> it's you know, in terms of thought, um, I, I get pissed off occasionally with Netflix. I'll be flicking through it going, fucking, I need to, and I'll be saying to myself, you need to, to, well, to Netflix, you need to fucking up your game. Because I'm sick of scrolling through fucking crime films and scrolling through thrillers, and it's all the same fucking shit. But at the end of the day, I always remind myself towards the end of it, but hang on a minute, this is £6 a fucking month. £6 a fucking month. And there's no limit to how much of it I can watch. And I guarantee you, in a month, even me saying, you know, there's, there's, a, you know, there's not enough selection or anything like that, I guarantee you, if I started, if there's some way, there was some magic drug that I could take that meant I didn't sleep for a month and I had to take an experiment just watching films on Netflix, I could start watching a film on the first day of the month at fucking one minute past uh, midnight and get to the last day of the month at bang on midnight, and I won't watch the same film twice. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I, it's and 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 I probably won't have even been fucking scraping the bottom of the fucking barrel. It'll probably all been, you know, stuff that people have heard of or that I wanted to see that I'm maybe rewatching, and and that would have still cost me my six pounds, whether or not I watched it or I never fucking watched out on it. You know, I maybe watch three movies a month on Amazon Prime. I watch three, four movies a week on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that, like, not to de- denigrate Amazon Prime, it's just, it's, I think if it was as ubiquitous as Netflix is, because, I mean, like, Jesus Christ, you have TVs and Blu-ray players that have a Netflix button on them. Mm. Um, you know, it's... It, it's the fact that it, it just it is more there than Amazon is. I mean, but Amazon is a perfectly decent service. And to be fair, in terms of the transition between film being a primarily theatrical experience and at home, Amazon are doing more than Netflix. They are. The, 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 my my key complaints about the Amazon Prime uh, thing are the interface issue. The, the, the interface for Amazon Prime is, is terrible. Uh, I mean, yeah. Netflix isn't great. Amazon Prime is fucking terrible. Um, mm. But, 
I mean, they financed the Neon Demon. They they financed the remake of Suspiria, or partly financed the remake of Suspiria, which, uh, which I'm really fucking looking forward to, considering the people involved. And they, they they take a different tax to to the way that they do these things. They they release them theatrically, and then put them on Amazon Prime yeah. at the same time if they get released uh, on um, home release. Yeah, majority which, of the time. Which, which you know absolutely no problem with that. No, it's it's it, it, it's it's two ends of the scale. Um, but the thing is, it's like we both said, War Machine doesn't get made if Netflix don't. Agree to make it. Not in this day and age. You know, Mute doesn't it, get made. It's in the end of the day. I go to the cinema now. Um, if a, I, I don't have a choice. So like, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm, fi- I'm gonna go and see Colossal this week because it's still playing in Cardiff. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really wanted to go and see it. I, I really wanted to see it, but it's just not playing in York anymore. Yeah, so that, that's the thing. It's still playing a couple of times a day in the cinema world. So I'm, I'm gonna go see Colossal, and you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, but. If that was one where it was on Netflix or Amazon Prime, then I would go see it there. Alter- I'd watch the yeah. yeah. Alternatively, Wonder Woman this week. Yes, you know, I'll have to deal with the shit munchers, but am I going to go and see it on Cinema Cardiff Super Screen with the Dolby Atmos sound? Yes, I am. Wonder Woman out this week? Uh, yeah. So it's like Wonder Woman and Beerwatch are out the same week? Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, it comes out Thursday. Are we double reviewing next week, are we? Uh, yes. Yes. It's fine by me. I'm I'm morbidly interested in Baywatch, so uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go see it. I, 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 I want to see Baywatch. I just need to work out when the fuck I'm going to watch them. I'm, I'm in the middle of a 17-day work stretch. <laughs> well, Baywatch comes out tomorrow, doesn't it? That's the thing. So which, It does, which yeah. Is fucking weird. Um, yeah. It is strange that, um, but that's that's the thing is 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 Netflix. You know, I was just saying that mute the Cockney Duncan Jones movie. You know, he said the reason you know the reason why he's making that with Netflix is they've offered to make it with him. Nobody else would make it. Nobody else would nobody make it. He wouldn't have been able to make it without them. And he's not saying you know, well, I've had to go with Netflix. He's you know, he's basically said you know that they came to me and went. Oh, this, this this movie you want to make, yeah, we'll, we'll let you make it. Brilliant. I mean, and everybody always says that, that they're you know who's working with them. They're a great company to work for. They they base say how much you need to do it there. All right, there you go. Get on with it. I mean that that that's that's the thing. I mean it's um the the small screen experience that you can have is just getting to a point where it rivals or betters that than in the cinema. Like like I've said before. The, the Revenant on 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray is the best-looking presentation of a film I have ever seen. Mm. Um, I, I, like, full stop. It just... It is. Um, and I include, like, 35mm projection in that because, you know, prints get damaged. Um, I mean, Christ, I fucking damaged the print of The Dark Knight when I was working in the cinema once, and I just like watching that and the thing is it wasn't damaged enough to like get another copy in but just fucking seeing the scratches that I made in that fucker oh Jesus Christ (laughs) um so you know there's there's that and yes there's the warmth of the 35 millimeter you know yeah and I I mean I think with Dunkirk it's going to be interesting I am very much planning on seeing that in 70 millimeter if at all possible 
Uh, yeah. it, you know, that it will come out in the wash how easy that's that's going to be. But apart from like special kinds of things like that, like I said, I mean, War Machine 4K HDR. It doesn't look as good as 4K Blu-ray. It doesn't. It genuinely doesn't. And I'm not just saying that as like it, like fucking blowing air. It doesn't. You like I compare that to the 4K of Batman versus Superman. It, it you know genuinely, and it blows it out of the fucking water in terms of like detail and clarity and whatnot. However, War Machine in in 4K HDR streaming versus in the cinema, I think would be a comparable experience because yeah. because that the cinema's using a, it would be using a 2K DCP. That's one of the slight tangent. Just for, well, it's not really a tangent actually. One thing I was in, I, I, I took Lottie to the cinema this morning, and they had an ad for the, the Cineworld Super Screen, and they were saying dual 4K projection. It's like your projectors may be 4K, the vast majority of DCP Of what's coming through it isn't. Is, yeah, is, fuck, is 2K. Yeah. You know. That's, that, that is quite literally, like, like buying a Blu-ray player and then putting a DVD in it and saying, oh, look, HD. I'll play through a Blu-ray player. Yeah, it's, that is something that really, really pisses me off. And the thing is, when it is 4K material, it does look substantially better. I remember um, seeing the we we got um, we had a 4K projector. Um, actually, no, we didn't have a 4K projector. We had a 2K when I was still working for View. But when I get got let go from the AA, um, the general manager at View at the time invited me in uh, to talk about if there was. I mean, he was he was he was offering me a job. But he was like, I can't. It's basically it was basically a zero hour contract thing, but he was like, "I will give you a shitload of hours. I just can't put it in writing." Uh, I didn't go for it, obviously, but he showed me they got a 4K projector in, and he showed me the 4K trailer of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, that looked lovely. Fuck me. That looked oh. fucking stunning. Like wow, wow, you know. But it, it, it's I you know that was that was something actually, but you don't get that that it's one of the biggest lies that cinemas tell at the moment is is that because view as well at the start of all their um that their stuff I've noticed um it says like 4K projection at the start of theirs because I know they did a licensing deal with Sony hey yeah um they did a licensing deal with Sony for um a bunch of 4K projectors but again. The things aren't in 4K. Wonder Woman will probably be in 4K. I I love you too, lots. You okay? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, You you got the iPad to work. That's good, babe. Um. You've been painting. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, sorry, Mark. Um. Um, but yeah, like when I go see Colossal tomorrow, there's no way that's a 4K. No, not a chance. But. Just going back to the original point, and sorry, Netflix, 4K stuff, won't be as good as projected 4K, won't be as good as 4K Blu-ray. It will be as good or better than most films, that the quality of most films playing in a cinema now. Yeah, and that's it. And, you know, the thing is, uh, well, there's no, no comment on this. Uh, 
uh, our comic book correspondent. Uh, and he's put, uh, I'll read the whole thing out, so I've read a few tweets. Uh, Other people are so protective of the billion dollar studios who care so much about their customers, but competition is no bad thing. Netflix and other streaming services have a price point which has to have an impact on piracy. Uh, it was time for the model to change, and it has. But most importantly, Netflix is good for consumers. But what about the theatrical experience? Fuck the theatrical experience. Have you been to a cinema recently? I don't watch movies with those clowns. Give me premium releases at home on streaming, and I'll pay. Um, and Glenn um, Chapman, Glenn T. Chapman says, the theatrical experience uh, increases the risk of being around insufferable cunts, at least at home, I'm the only insufferable cunt. Uh, that is that is something. Um, um, I, I, I didn't join in on a thread, but I saw a thread from somebody the other day who was saying that uh, why shouldn't he be allowed to... Uh, somebody who writes about film was saying why shouldn't he be allowed to check his phone and check his text messages and why would that bother other people in the cinema? And people were pointing out to me and saying, light. Yeah. <laughs> because it lights up. And you're saying, yeah, but a little bit of light bothers you. Yes. Yeah. And that is the mentality of people nowadays. And he was saying, if it bothers so many people, why don't anyone come and say? And I thought, and there's a lot of people saying, well, most people are more too polite. And I thought, all right, mate, get in a fucking screening with me. I am not too fucking polite yeah. to go up to you and say, and I'm not nice about it. I don't see why I fucking should be. There's a warning. There's a, there's a, there is literally there is an announcement before the film starts in in every fucking screen I go to. I don't know what it's like in every fucking cinema chain, but in the two cinema chains I go to, which are View and Picture House, there is an announcement before it saying, "Hey, don't fucking use your fucking phone." Isn't it like that Mark Strong thing where it's like yeah. pitch black? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, I like yeah. I, I like that. Fair play. Like they yeah. re- they really do try. Don't get that with Cineworld. I'll say that for free. Do you not? Because no. uh, what's it as well? Um, Pitch House have a, a very similar thing. Um, where they basically they say they state it's loud, it's either noise pollution or it's light pollution. Mm. Um, so don't do it. I, I happily, I don't give a fuck who you are. You fucking use your phone. Don't get me wrong. I'll give it a few seconds. The minute I see light, I don't get daggers and go straight up and go put your fucking phone away. But if somebody does it and it's for more than five seconds or they do it twice, I will happily go up to them and say, can you put your fucking phone away? I will be honest, with my Apple Watch, if I hear a vibration, I will pull up my sleeve and I will look at it under there. That fucking lights up and I see it more than fucking twice, I'd be over going, fucking hell, Lauren. Fair enough. Fucking phone away. No, fair enough. It's, (laughs) It's... The thing is... It's not getting out my phone and turning it on and then interacting it with it. It is literally, I look at what the notification is, and unless it's something from Donna, then my like it just goes straight back in my sleeve and then done. If it if I needed to respond to a text from Donna, I'd go out of the fucking screen. That's it. The thing is, I I I don't understand. The reason why I got the cinema is is to turn off. So my phone goes in my fucking pocket and I go, that's it. I'm, I'm fucking I'm done and to the point of where on the very very few occasions that I have to use a bathroom in the cinema which is barely any one in every 10-15 movies I don't even check my phone if I'm going, when I'm going to the bathroom there because then it, it, it puts the idea of it takes me out of the cinema essentially is my happy place to go to mm. and I want to just that's it once I'm there and sat down boom I'm gone uh, so there is there is that I can see why people have become more aggrieved uh, with going to the cinema I, I, if if everything was available at home to watch and you could pay even more, let's say it's the tenant of the cinema, you could pay 20 quid to watch any film that's in the cinema at home. 
I'd still go to the cinema quite a lot. But I'd probably watch stuff at home as well. So, for instance, um, Wonder Woman. I'd still go to the cinema to see Wonder Woman. Yeah. But I'd probably watch Baywatch at home. I'd already watch Colossal. But, But in saying that, I'll still go and watch Wonder Woman and I'll still go and watch Baywatch at the cinema. But I'd probably watch more, you know, and no raises a very good point there. Netflix, Amazon Prime, and cinema and everything has basically meant that you shouldn't really need to pirate nowadays. In a similar way as um, Spotify has basically eliminated, who the, who the fuck would illegally download a CD nowadays? What the fuck? Why would you do that? Uh, um, Nobody does. Something to add to the conversation. Yeah. You know the circle, the uh, the James Ponsolt film. Um, yes. Tom Hanks, Emma Watson. Yeah. It's coming direct to Netflix in the UK. Is it fucking hell? Yeah, like that... Netflix just tweeted it. Wow. They haven't put. I don't think they put a release date on it. Um, but yeah. It bombed in the US, to be fair. Like, it didn't do very well. But there's bombed, and then got decent reviews, though, didn't it? Or okay reviews. Okay reviews, I think. But there's bombed, and then there's no UK distributor will release a film starring Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, and John Boyega. I mean, it took... In the US, it took just shy of $27 off a $18 million budget. So, yeah, it's not made money. But it's not a fucking an unmitigated disaster. And did it come out the same fucking week as Fate of the Fury? It might have. That is. I, it I wonder if there's a. Sorry, I'm just going to skip to the end of the trailer and see if they put a date on it. Uh, only on their 30th of June. Two days after fucking. Oh, 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 during it. Is it. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that's a heavy weekend on Netflix. Bloody hell, though. I mean, that, so there you go. That's, that, like I said, like I said that, you know, that, like I say, that, that's not like that movie, you know, was an unmitigated disaster. It lost money in the sense that, you know, it cost 18 million, it made 26, but it's not like it cost 18 and it made four. But that's the thing, like, that is a film that I wouldn't have seen in the cinema. I would have watched on Netflix in a year. And now I can watch it on Netflix the day it's, like, kind of... Well, that's it. The, 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 the UK, you know. You know, we'll, we'll have two films reviewed that week. And they're both Netflix films. Yeah, both Netflix films. One of them we would have... And can we just can we just point out the other thing there? Uh, is that the last fucking Boon John Ho film, Snowpiercer, never got a UK release. Yeah. Has it even had a UK Blu-ray no, release no, yet? No, no, it's actually... No, it's, it, like, literally doesn't have a distributor... Yeah, it doesn't have a distributor in the UK, yet you can watch it on Netflix. It's so yeah. It, it, and, and, and let's be honest, it's a certain type of film fan that would think that Netflix is bad for cinema, and they're the type of people who will be, who will, I guarantee you, be watching the new Bond June Harper. Uh, they are they are the people who very very badly want to write professionally. Yeah, and I think the people who write professionally are probably okay with Netflix 
yeah. casual fan is okay with Netflix. It's the person who wants to be seen as caring more about the theatrical experience than anybody else. Yeah, and 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 and, and, and the thing is, right? We are two film fans who do a podcast that we don't make money off, and we're not. We're doing it because we, we love film. Mm-hmm. But we also travelled hours and spent quite a lot of money, you know, to go and watch a 70 mil print of The Hateful Eight yep. just because we wanted to see that fucking movie yep. in the cinematic experience in that. So it's not like we don't give a shit about the cinematic I travelled experience. to Manchester to watch Prometheus in fucking IMAX. We did indeed, yes. Yes, and you did. And, you know, yeah. and I will travel for Dunkirk. And I will as well. You know, so... And you, you know what? If time permitted and everything like that, if the only place Dunkirk's playing in 70 mil is, is London, I'll look at it and go, fuck it, yeah, why not? If I can do it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm very much hoping that the Manchester print works has something going on there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, the thing is, I mean, like, because that's a proper IMAX size as well. That That's the yeah. key thing. It's either... That's 70... not, it's not large screen experience. That's proper fucking IMAX. Yes, exactly. It's either 70 millimeter film or if it has to be digital IMAX, but proper IMAX, I will I will take that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's that that's the thing. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting discussion. It's one that I think is going to be a moot point very very soon because it just kind of feels like it is it is the way of it now. Mm. You know, it is it is, and it, and I think it is it is for the good. Uh, like I say, I will still lament the fact that I won't be able to see the new Martin Scorsese film in the cinemas, but I still believe that I will get to see it in the cinema. I, 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 I think I mean. Picture House will probably put on screenings. Yeah, there'll be screenings. It'll probably launch. My prediction is that will launch on a Friday night on Netflix. On the Sunday night, you will be able to watch it in Picture House. Yeah, it'll be something like that, you know. And yeah. uh, fair play, I'll watch it at home. <laughs> yeah, and there'll probably be a a Netflix hosted um, Q and A. Yeah, there'll probably be like a satellite event or something like yeah. that, you know. Which in that case, if that's the case, then that might get me to go out to the bloody cinema. I'll, I'll. Thing is, if there's no cinema screening on the horizon um, of it, I'll watch it on Netflix tonight. It comes out. If it's a week, if I have to wait a week to see it in the cinema, fuck it, I'll wait a week to see it in the cinema. Okay, fair enough. It'll be one of those for me. Uh, Ian, how have you enjoyed the the return of Twin Peaks? Okay, um, how have I enjoyed the first four episodes of season three of Twin Peaks? I've enjoyed it immensely. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Um, it's the Twin Peaks that we know and love. It's the Lynch that we know and love. It's the opening 20 minutes of episode 3. The almost parodically, how much of this can you tolerate casual fan that I, I like of Lynch. Um it's absolutely everything that I want. Um, but I really, I, I really, I really just want Nice Cooper back. I am so wanting Nice Cooper back that I spent 45 minutes of my day yesterday walking around Tesco listening to the Diane audio tapes uh, from Audible just because I wanted Nice Cooper. Um, 
I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of this so far. And the fact that every episode ends with just a musical number is, with movie-style credits at the end, perfection. I am very, very, very high on this so far. Yeah, it's 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 good. It feels... I say I, I, was, I was quite nervous about it, really, um, in going into it. Um, in fact, I, I'll be honest, when I, we started watching the um, the first episode, um, I, 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 I came up with a really strange sensation, a really strange feeling as it, as it started, in the sense that I, I very nearly um, turned out of X and said, I don't want to do it. I don't want to watch it. I, 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 I got a really fucking weird feeling. What, what, um, what scene? No, just literally just as it started. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, as I hit play and thought, oh god, I'm about to watch New Twin Peaks. I don't want it. I don't want it. I got kind of like a bit of a weird fear thing of what if it's what if it's shit and it ruins the whole thing for me. Mm. Uh, you know, and it, it it quickly kind of passed. Um, and I think that what they've done, it's it's interesting that this is. Is because the thing about Twin Peaks is it's often perceived um, that Twin Peaks is a David Lynch property, whereas it, it, you know people forget the fact that you've also got Mark Frost in there as well, and then you've got essentially thirty episodes really of the initial run, um, and it's not all Lynch. You know, it's like six of them, so that there are other people's eyes there. It's interesting that this is very much Lynch's eye. This is very much what Lynch is wanting to show you. It's very much his and Mark Frost's um, imagination that is on screen, and very much more Lynch because he's written and is is directing them. Mm. So there's an adjustment period, I think, in watching it of taking it and going, okay, and don't wrong, Lynch directed the majority of the, the best sort of seven or eight episodes of the entire show are directed by Lynch. Um, so there is that to kind of take in, and it's it it's all strange to go back to this place, but we're going back to it with, you know, 25 years worth of life experience for, for Lynch and how he's changed on it, um, and how his thoughts are w- with it, because it, it is his world. So there's, there's that's interesting, but it, it very much is peaks, but the majority of peaks, first two series, is set in Twin Peaks. Mm. Things happen outside of Twin Peaks, but you hear about them, or you're told about them. Well, I mean, you is, don't is, see is, them it, is it literally just James and the Blonde? Yeah, that's it. That's all that, that is happens it, outside. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that happens, you know, just up the fucking road. Yeah. Whereas here, we're getting shown bits in New York, in um, Vegas, and all over the place, and it, that's a little bit. Okay, right. It's setting it start out and saying, look, this is peaked, but there's 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 other stuff going on. And what I have a feeling that's happening is there we've got we've got eighteen episodes, is it? Mm. Is it eighteen episodes yeah. I just put yeah, out, yeah, I yeah. put out of thin air. Well, no, no, I said no, I thought, you're, like, right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Um, we've got eighteen episodes and what I have a feeling is we're doing is we're gonna get the first maybe six of those, so the first third of it. Is going to be building and then dragging you to peaks, and everything is heading there to Twin Peaks. But it's 
it's building up this new fucking this new world, you know, that saying, look, yeah, this is Twin Peaks, but we've got a fucking we've got to get there again. We're not just going to drop you there. We're going to take you back there. And I, I like that, that there's stuff going on and there's there's a lot of fucking plates spinning at the moment and not all of them at the moment involve Dale Cooper. But I have a feeling they're all going to involve Dale Cooper and they're all going it, to... It's, it's all going to come into being around this story and around the story. What is it? My favourite moment and the moment... Um, are we going to do this episodically or are we going to talk about the whole fucking uh, thing? Let's talk about the whole thing. But my favourite moment of the whole fucking thing is a musical drop and a, 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 a oh, character's reaction to something fuck. where it happens and I, there I think you already know the bit and I went oh fuck that is magnificent that was the moment where I'll be honest I was a little bit like I'm enjoying this but it, it doesn't quite feel like Peach yet the minute that moment happened I was Oh god, that is that's magnificent. That's fantastic, and it is the it's the Laura's theme and Bobby's oh, Bobby reaction Bruce to it. Looking at a photo and going just like doesn't he say like Laura Palmer? And, and then he breaks and down, and the Laura's the Laura's theme tune kicks in, and it's like wow, that's fucking next level shit. That's that is so magnificently managed. It, it, it's that is what makes and has made this show a cut above most TV shows in its history. Oh god! Yeah. Moments like that, and it was just that's brilliant. I mean, it's it's interest. It, it's been interesting in these early ones with like the returning cast. I mean, obviously, mm. it, it, the, the credits say starring Carl McLaughlin, like, yeah. and then the rest of the cast. So it's very much the Carl McLaughlin show, and that's great. But yeah. it's interesting the use of the pre-existing characters so far. Like I, I like that Andy and Lucy and Hawk have been in it so much. The um, log lady, bless her. Catherine Coulson looked fucking ill there. Like, well, she's. I mean, she's dead. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, so it, I, I'm guessing that, 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 that it's weird the fact that they must have shot that. Lynch must have shot that, literally knowing that this was going to happen. Yeah, no, quite. Um, and I mean, like, I'm, I am fucking convinced Bowie is in this series. Um, and mm, I have a feeling he is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced he is. Yeah. You know, and um, and I mean, thankfully, that photo that they took of him two days before his death. I mean, yeah, it could have been touched up and he could have been heavily made up, but you know, like he still looked. Didn't look like he, he was. He didn't he look was, like he was, he was on, on death. Yeah, he did yeah. not look like he was on death's door. So here's hoping there, because that that would be lovely. Um, it, it, that would be so cool. Um, but yeah, like the it, it's weird. I'm looking forward to the other returning characters coming more into it. Like you got a little bit of Shelley, yeah, um, and James, and it kind of feels like. Maybe we're going to get some more there, and you know, the, the, I suppose are Bobby and Shelley still together? You know, and um, I don't think they are. No, I don't from think. What I gather don't, from it. No, I mean, I don't think they are either. But then it's like Shelley saying, like, you know, James was always cool. It's like, well, oh shit, could something be happening there? Maybe even though, like, they were talking about that other girl, like, like maybe liking him or something. It's, you know, it, it's. 
I'm I'm looking forward to getting into that stuff. I am. Uh, yeah, but, I, I, I am. But I think it's it, it it's interesting the fact that I, I, I'm four enjoying, episodes in. I I'm enjoying the other stuff. And yeah, and I, we've not had we've not had much time spent with the exist with, with existing Pete's characters. It's been a lot of new characters kind of introduced. But I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's the thing. So am I, and I'm surprised by that. Because I want the other characters, you know. I mean, like, I mean, frankly, if uh, Richard Beamer and David Patrick Kelly, if that's the only scene with those two characters, cool. It's just nice to see that their dynamic is still there. I'm sure we'll yeah. see them again, but it was just it was lovely having that silly scene there. Like, and I, yeah, I would be fine fact, with that. Yeah, the fact that that David Patrick Kelly has uh, 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 become a a stoner, but a capitalist stoner. Yeah, yeah. Is is such a that is such a lynch, essentially sticking his fucking fingers up at stoners and going, "Oh yeah, great, that fantastic." You know, you've got all these weed shops and you've got you know it's all you know it, it's legal now. You can do it legally if you've got you know earache or anything like that. You can get a medicard for anything. And essentially, we've legalized weed without legalizing it to be sold in fucking news agents, but we've legalized it. And isn't it brilliant, isn't it fantastic. However, all you've done is you've given these capitalist fucks carte blanche to fuck you over on it and mass produce shit. And you are fucking lapping it up, and they're just all they're doing is growing a fucking beard and pretending that they're like you. They're not. They're dicks. But it, it feels perfect. It feels, it feels perfectly pitched. It feels right. Y- yeah, you know, it's it just that is Jerry Horn. It is, and the you know the fact that you've got you know Ashley Judd's playing the, uh, the secretary. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows how I feel about Ashley Judd. Yeah. She's marvelous. Yeah. That's no, I mean, uh, yeah. I, so that I mean, you've got you've got that stuff, but then Carl McLaughlin is being asked to do so much in yeah. this, and he's fucking nailing it. He's playing like he's played what three characters no, so far? Yeah, I'd say three characters. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, and he's, he'll play four at least by the end of it. So we've got Cooper in the lodge, Cooper outside the lodge. Oh, he's played, he's played like. Yeah, Cooper in the lodge, Cooper outside the lodge, um, Mr. C, mm. you know, Evil Dale. Yeah. We'll get, hopefully, you'd think, we'll get proper Dale Cooper. And there's this weird Dougie character. Oh, I love Dougie. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's it, it, great. I mean, it, it's, it feels like, I, I haven't seen this, like, talked about. I'm kind of surprised. It feels like David Lynch watched being there just before making this film. Like, it it feels like McLaughlin is channeling Peter Sellers here. He is, but he also looks a little bit like when he's when he was in the Lodge Dale Cooper. I, I, I was looking, going, who the fuck does he look like? Do you know who he fucking looks like? Reagan. He looks like Ronald fucking Reagan. That's a good shout. Um, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. The the mind fuckery of, of episode three is fantastic. It, That's that that is Lynch going like you say going. Oh yeah, casual viewers, people who've jumped on the bandwagon, which is no fucking problem. If you've jumped on the bandwagon now and you're going giving peaks a go, fantastic. Not gonna get fucking precious about it. 
I promise I'm not. But it's like he's gone, this is this shit you're going to be interested in. See that owl? Yeah. Not what it seems. <laughs> this is the shit you're going to get, is the weirdness of that. And it was fantastic. With the fact that it, it, you can tell that Lynch is doing all the sound design on this, because yeah. it is so... Everything is 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 pointed and has a meaning and is is weird and it was that episode three was fantastic even as a I think it's even a standalone piece of just filmmaking. It was a so short film. Was, it was it was it a short, short film. film. Yeah, absolutely. Twin Peaks. It was great. And it, it it's brilliant. But as an episode of a television, as a, as a forty-seven minute episode of television, it is impossible. I think not to be absolutely transfixed and end that and go. Okay, some shit happened there, but I don't know what. But we're gonna find out, maybe or maybe not. <laughs> that's the thing. I don't. I I don't think that stuff gets referenced again. I I think that was it for that. It's done. Yeah. It was just like that is the 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 portal or whatever between the lodge and the real world, but stripping Cooper of like turning him into Rain Man. You know, you yeah. know, and I don't think it's going to be explained. I don't want it to be explained. It was just a sensory experience, and fine. It was it was typical Lynch doing that, that, that's Inland Empire Lynch. Yeah, yeah, no, I've got fine. an idea. How's it how's it relate to the story? What? Well, how's it relate to the story, David? What the hell are you talking about? I've got this idea, and I want it to be episode three. So it just relates to the story. I don't know what you're talking about, but this is episode three. But I mean, but then uh, you know, so I'm I'm loving that avant-garde stuff. But at the same time, yeah. I genuinely was tearing up when the chromatics were on, and like it was just the end of episode two with those credits, and it was just like yeah. he's fucking done it. it yeah. You know, he has, yeah, he has because by the end, because up to that point, I was a little bit going okay, but this is a new Twin Peaks, and it doesn't feel like the old Twin Peaks. And then the minute you got to the Roadhouse. And you had that, and you had Shelley, and you had you had the familiar characters. And I was like, I feel I feel fine, and I feel settled again now, and I'm I'm back to going. But it is Twin Peaks, fantastic. And I, yeah, you you leave it going. Yeah, I'm fine with this. I I, I want to know what's happening with Matthew Lillard. That's a, a good story yeah, angle. That's great, yeah, it's a great storyline. You know, the casting I think has been spot on so far. Um, yeah, it's just there's so it's gonna. I even didn't didn't dislike the the Michael Sarah bit. Right, yeah, because I was alluding to that on WhatsApp for fucking days. Don't get me wrong, I, it's it, I'm watching it going, fucking hate that guy. He's shit. But I can sit through five minutes of him doing a weirdly bad Marlon Brando impression. Because uh, because every few seconds it cuts to uh, Robert Forster, Robert Forster going hmm, it, and just kind of putting up with this bullshit because he he clearly has affection for Lucy and Andy. It's just Andy and Lucy's reactions, like how proud they are. It's, yeah, and it, it keeps coming back to him. He's like, you're gonna feel like if it had gone for two or three minutes more, or he'd have he'd have pulled out a little bit more bullshit and gone. If you continue this, I'm going to shoot in the fucking face. Do, do you think that's it for Wally Brando? Do you, like... I, I, do you know what? On one hand, I hope it is, and on another hand, I hope it isn't. If it is, I'm fine with it. If it isn't, and Robert Foster doesn't fucking call him on his bullshit, 
then it'll go too far for me. Mm. But I have a feeling that that'll be it. That that's what I, there was a big long list of people that are going to be in, that are going to be in this. Yeah. And not all of them are going to be main characters. No, I mean like Christ, they got that um, Michael Bisping, um, the the fighter in, just as that security guard. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, and actually that's a, another thing as well because Mike was talking about this on on WhatsApp a while back. That girl, Mike was saying that she was going to be the lead in, or, or like one of the leads in, in the new Yeah, series. the girl who was in Beers, the Netflix series, which was actually really quite good. Yeah. Was that it for those two characters? I don't know. I, I, I kind of hope it's not, because she's 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 a very, very pretty girl. She's, she's a good-looking girl, though, but it kind of feels like, right, they were just there for that bit, and now that's done. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's interesting, and I, I think I, I genuinely think that might be it for Michael Sarah. I think it was they got him in for one night, and Which, just, I mean, you just did that, and now he's in Twin Peaks lore as Andy and Lucy's son. You know, job done. Yeah, who's who, got a Brando obsession? Yeah. But I mean, you've got we've still got people like Monica Bellucci's going to turn up at some point. And, um, you know, David uh, Koechner uh, is turning up at some point. Laura Dern as Diane. Oh, yeah, she's got to be, hasn't she? I can't wait. I cannot, because, I mean, obviously, at the end of episode four, it was like, they were referring to a, she's going to know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Veda and Trent Reznor are in this. Some point. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. It's just, there's there's all, uh, all sorts of people, and it's just, the next 14 episodes are going to be so much fun. Yeah, um... I I just noticed something on the casting here. I've just noticed that uh, Harry Dean Stanton's playing a guy called Carl, and he's called Carl in Firewalk with me. I want to see if he's listed as Carl Rudd. I think he's called in the cast listing here. Mm. Carl Rod. I want to see if he's called Carl Rod in Firewalk with me. Because if it is, I re- I can't wait for how they're going to drag that same character back in. Oh no, he's, it's he's, the, he's playing the same no, fucking he's character. He's totally the same character. You know, he'll probably... he's the same character. Oh, I can't wait for that. It, yeah, I, it's. I mean, the exciting thing about this is that Lynch has already said like this is the conclusion of the story. So this is going to be it then. And I totally feel I I totally feel like yeah that the eighteen episodes. Go out on your own terms. Yeah. Finish the story. Please, for the love of God, let Good Cooper be there when it ends. Like, if Good Cooper could get with Sherilyn Fenn, I'd be done. That'd be fine. That's too traditional, well, yeah, though, so it's not going to happen. Because that's it. Um, but then again, it could do, because it's Twin Peaks. It'd be so... It, it just... Cooper. It would be a tweet. It would be a peaks thing that that that, that could happen. I, I mean, the oh thing is, because in the end of the uh, <laughs> the fourth episode, um, you've got um, Albert and um, shit, what's his name? Uh, Colin Cole yeah. talking and saying, you know, I don't, that that didn't seem like Coop. Um, we need to bring somebody in. Do you still know where she lives? Yeah. Are you still in contact with her? No, but I know where she drinks. Audrey, isn't it? Ah, fuck! What? No, you're right. I wanted. Well, it to you, be, you think it was? I, I, you want, I, I wanted it to be Diane, but you're so. Oh, it could be. You're so it incredibly right, though. Like it's gonna. 
But would it be Audrey? Why would it be Audrey, though? Like, why would it be Audrey? Because they're just a, it's that special relationship. But you, if you think it's Dan, yeah, you could be right on that one, actually. Oh. You could be, that could be how they introduced Dan. Oh, fuck me. It's, it's, it, it, that, this, that's it. We're four episodes in, and there's already so much has happened, but there's so much to happen. And the thing is, what's been magnificent about this whole thing is, we've no idea where the fuck it's going. No. And I want to watch it all again. I fucking, I watched, I, I watched all four episodes on Monday. I fucking, Did ed- you? I, I was, I was up until way past midnight watching it all. Um, I want to know why why, why Jacoby's um, spray painting. Oh, those shovels. Those shovels, gold. Doing that. Yeah. Even though it would be good if he's just never seen again. And it's just like <laughs> that's it. You just yeah. It's ah uh, just yeah. I just I just want more now. <laughs> it's so it's there's no episode this week. Well, nope. it, it, like episodes three and four play in the US. And yeah. on Sky Atlantic, even though they're already on demand. Even though I noticed episode um, episodes three and four actually expire on Now TV in the next couple of days. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, wait. Oh, but will they kick back in on again because they're on again? Um, I'm, assu- I'm assuming they would just expire for like a day and then pop back up. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming we get episode five next week. Yes, we do get episode five next week. So that will do. But yeah, it's... Um, I am incredibly, incredibly pleased with it. Yes. And I'm so glad. I'm so um, fucking glad you are. Yes. I, 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 that's it. It's. I, I, I had reservations throughout the first episode, but they were just, I think part of it was nerves. That sounds really weird and, and sad, but it was. It just like I, I I watched the first twenty minutes on on the train on Monday morning, which isn't my ideal way of watching this, but I just I needed to fucking watch it, and I was just I was at a point where I was just like I'm just gonna like tell my work I'm not coming in today because fuck you. And but I, 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 I just wanted to watch because, it because normally I'd have been I'd have just fucking I'd have watched I'd have powered through all fucking four episodes uh, on Monday night. But I had a 12-hour shift Monday, and then a 12-hour shift Tuesday, and then a 12-hour shift Wednesday. Um, and so I was very much like leaving the house at like 8 in the morning, well, like half 7 in the morning, then not getting home until half 8 at night. Yeah. So I, I was like, I, I don't want to watch it tired, and I don't want to make myself too tired to watch it tomorrow night. So I'm having to watch it in like... The first two episodes, and then episode three. Then I watched episode four last night. So yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm very very excited about the next one. And I mean, t- like I know it sounds horrible, but it kind of feels like Lynch probably can't do another season because he- people keep on fucking dying. Like it, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it does. I know it sounds horrible, but just the the in memory ofs at the end of the credits. It was like. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah. It, it, it hammers home that this this is this is this isn't a reboot. Yeah, yeah. This isn't a reboot of sort of a, of a TV show that was on twenty five years ago. This is a continuation of a story that happened in a TV show twenty five years ago. And you know, Lynch is in his seventies. Like it, yeah, no, it just it's. Um... 
I, I, I mean, like, just seeing him getting that standing ovation at Cannes and, like, how... Did you see that? Yeah. Like, that was genuinely moving, I thought. It was, because it, it did feel a little bit... Because, I mean, his last experience of, of Cannes, Peaks related, it was the fucking knobheads booing... Firewalk with me, yeah. Firewalk with yeah. me. You know... And then for them to be doing that, it's a little bit like, you you, you know, because he has spoken about it um, previously about the fact that it did get to him and it did upset him, the booing of what is it, because he did feel a little bit like, hang on a minute, I I don't know whether, I don't know why you're booing it. And he couldn't work it out. And he said, I, I think you're booing it because it's not, not because you didn't like the movie it was, because it's not the movie you thought it was going to be. Yeah, there you go. And I mean, Jesus Christ, like if I was at fucking Cannes and episode two ending with the the chromatics and whatnot, I probably would have tried running up to him to fucking kiss him. You know, yeah. it just. But in in the same way as that, if if I was at Cannes and somebody I was sat at somebody who tried to start fucking booing uh, Firewalk with me, I'd have probably been just released from prison now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. It's um. I, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like, geez, I mean, I am a new fan to Twin Peaks. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. I am a fully fucking paid up member at this point. Yeah. Like, I really, really am. But fucking how relieved I am for you and Mike as well and Paul. You know, because I, I know yeah. they, they they were talking about it on, on CSBP this week and they were they were pleased with it as well. And uh, just. Oh, oh man. I mean, like, fucking Monday afternoon, I spent five hours of my shift listening to that seven-hour megacast that they put out. And, yeah. and, you know, and it was just, like, so... I just want it all the time. I want it I, I, I want it all the time. Yeah, but I, I, I've been through that. I've, I've, I've read the uh, Dale Cooper diaries, I've got the book, and I've read the Laura Palmer diaries. Um... So yeah, I've absolutely been there. I mean, I'm an hour into the audiobook of the secret history of Twin Peaks, and it's fucking mental. Yeah, and, I'm looking forward to that. Listen to that. It, it just—it's like, yeah, all right, yeah, tie in Lewis and Clark with the with the Black Lodge. Why the fuck not? Yeah, great. It's <laughs> only the first hour, you know. So yeah, it's. Uh, Bravo. I mean, obviously, you know, we're not nearly done talking about it, but we'll we'll take a week off next week through having to. But uh, yeah, it, it's so good. Yes, uh, Ian, what are you watching this week then, other than Twin Peaks and uh, War Machine? Okay, so uh, this morning I took Lottie to go see a film that literally I looked on the Cineworld listings yesterday. It was like, what the fuck's that then? I showed her the trailer and she was like. Can we go to the cinema now? So it's a film called Spark. It's a CG animation where... Right, how to describe this? It's a planet called Bana, as in banana. Yeah. And there are monkeys, space monkeys. And an evil guy gets a space kraken and it makes a big black hole that most of the planet Banner gets sucked into. But a little boy, Spark, a little baby at the time, is is saved. And uh, he's kept protected on this rock planet by a pig 
and uh, what's she like walking tiger thing I think um, and he has a robotic nanny called Banani a little quiz for you or a little little guess yeah. what random what the fuck esteemed actress do you think could be voicing a robot nanny called Banani See, I'm looking at the cast now. Is it fucking... Is it Hilary Swank? No. Is it not? Hilary Swank <laughs> plays his mum. Susan Is Sarandon. Is it Susan Sarandon? Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. Like, and I, didn't know, I didn't know she was in it at first. And she kind of narrates the start, which is weird because she doesn't narrate any of the rest of it. But it was like... <laughs> Hang a fucking bout. Is that Susan Sarandon? And, and uh, the credits, it was like, yeah, it was. And yeah, Hilary Swank's in it, and Jessica Beale's in it, and Patrick Stewart's in it. And it's it's, it's directed by Cronenberg's uh, nephew, isn't it? Really? Is that who yeah. it is? Yeah. Yeah, he wrote it as well, because it said written yeah, and directed by whoever the fuck Yeah, it's directed by Cronenberg's um, nephew. Oh, that's funny. Um, it's not particularly Cronenbergian, I must say. Um, you know, it's... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, basically, um, it, it turns into... Uh, he grows up and he discovers that his... Uh, that his uncle has basically taken over the, uh, the planet and... Uh, his mother is like trapped and like his uncle wants to marry his mum and blah blah blah. Um uh, Lottie had two pee breaks. Um we're the only people in the cinema, I just wanna say, before I say this, we moved seats maybe eight times. Um, oh fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. Which was delightful. I don't let her... It, believe me, if there is one other person in the cinema, I don't let her do it. Um, but I need, we needed her out of the house um, because Donna had a client round doing... Well, the family of clients round doing a photography session. So we needed her out of the house. So it was like, right, no, we're staying here. So I watched it. She kind of watched it. Um, she said that her favourite part was when she was dancing at the end. So that probably <laughs> says something. Uh, Lottie has a habit, like, like many kids seem to, of at the end of a film just wanting to go to the front and dance. All right. Which a lot of kids seem to do. It's weird. Like, literally, she will ask me, like, half an hour into the film, can I go dance now? It's like, no, watch the film. She doesn't do it all the time. <laughs> like, Beauty and the Beast, she was fucking terrified. So, you know, she, was, she wasn't... Well, she, she was terrified for a bit of it but uh i make i'm sounding like an awful father um but no um, <laughs> you're really not <laughs> but no, thank you but no spark i mean it's um i actually i actually thought it was all right you know it's um, it's no great shakes but um the, the the kid in it like whoever the fuck voices the kid he's actually quite endearing um the action in it is fun i i'm like spacey sci-fi stuff i can get on board with anyway it's got plenty of that and patrick stewart's character gets uh it's a running joke where he gets electrocuted which was kind of bizarre which i quite enjoyed um so yeah i didn't hate it actually um good yeah yeah you know it's we were. It was opening weekend. We were the only two people in there, so that probably says something. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was all right. And Susan Sarandon's character in the third act gets uh, modified to have a shitload of weapons, so uh, that was weird. <laughs> um, 
Okay, what else did I watch? Uh, yeah, a film that you were surprised that I'd never seen before. I was surprised you'd never seen this before, yeah. Yeah, yeah Beetlejuice. Never seen Beetlejuice before. Uh, so, yeah, I enjoyed Beetlejuice, even though I wish there was more Beetlejuice in it. There's actually not a lot of Beetlejuice in it. No, like, literally, for the first two thirds, he's maybe in two scenes. Yeah. And then he's in it quite a bit at the end. And, um, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of surprised by, like, the fact that he was a bad guy as well. Um, I, mm. I didn't really kind of see, like, see that coming. Um, but... He's in it, he's, he's in it for, on screen for, I knew there was, there was a fact about this, he's only in it for 17 and a half minutes. Yeah, I believe that. That sounds about right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin and Winona Ryder, um, they're, 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 they're very good in it. Um, Catherine O'Hara, I read that um, she replaced uh, kind of like a late late stage replaced Angelica Houston, and yeah. I, I would like to have seen Angelica Houston in it. But Catherine O'Hara is good and um, a noted uh, pervert Jeffrey Jones um, uh, is uh, well, yeah, no, he is. He did actually have like yeah. child shit, didn't he? Uh, yeah. <laughs> He has a partial for young girls, yeah. but we, you have to preface it with the fact that it wasn't. Um, he, he's not a paedophile. Okay, he just he yeah. Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah. So, which uh, fucking there's a guy in work, Jordan Jones, um, who when, is he related? No, no. But whenever I, I do something called floor walk on occasion at work, which basically means whenever people yeah. have questions, they come up to me and are and like I'm the person they ask, and. I always want to call him Jordan Jeffrey Jones, and I never do, just on the off chance that someone else in the office knows who Jeffrey Jones is. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, yeah. Like, I just like, because, like, he's quite a gregarious chap, and I, I don't know, I think he'd quite enjoy it, even though he wouldn't know what it meant. Um, not because he's dumb, just because it's a film reference. Like, I just want to swing around and go, Jordan Jeffrey Jones, how can I help you? But then it's like, I'm kind of inferring he's a paedophile. Uh, uh, yeah. and I don't want to anyway um, I enjoyed it good practical effects um, I'd see the sequel if it did ever come out maybe it'll go to Netflix wouldn't that make people happy um, and uh, yeah the bit at the end where he's in the waiting room and talking about how he's got an appointment with GQ and they've been trying to change <laughs> they've been trying to get him for years <laughs> fucking that made me laugh I uh I like. I, I assume a lot of his shit was improvised, and uh, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, a lot of it. A lot of his stuff was was just improvised and just there. Um, it's it's a great film. I've spoken about on, on the podcast before. It's 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 such a a weird film. It, it does. It's. I'd like to see a sequel, but I also wouldn't because I'd like to have seen a sequel that Tim Burton would have made of it. You know, near thirty years ago. I'm not so sure, sure. I'd like to see it one that he's made now I reckon he'd really like his last movie yeah I haven't seen Mess Peregrine yet I need to go on that yeah it, like I say I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I would be, I'm very surprised if you don't enjoy it is what I, I'd say I'm waiting for that fucker to be a cheap rent on iTunes as soon yeah. as it's a cheap rent on iTunes there you go um, and uh, finally for me um, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within <laughs> $140 million this fucker cost. Yeah. When was that, in? Like the early noughties. Yeah. So it's not like it cost $140 million released two years ago. Like that, so with inflation, that 
thing is probably like actually 170, 180 million dollars. Uh, I'd say it's close to 200. Yeah, yeah, could well be. Uh, what the fuck? Um, so it was on Netflix and it was an hour and 45 minutes long. Yeah. That, that was my reasoning for watching it. I could barely describe the plot to you if I tried. And I'll try. Um, okay. So the world is being besieged by these phantoms. They call them phantoms. And then an hour into the film, there's a plot twist when it's revealed that they are ghosts of creatures from another planet. You're calling them phantoms. Anyway, um, so yeah, they besieged the Earth, they fucked up Earth. Now, a doctor, voiced by, I believe, E.R.'s Ming-Na, um, is trying to capture eight spirits found in random things around the world to make a wave pattern which would directly correspond to the Phantom's wave pattern and so would cancel them out and destroy them. I'm I'm betting this makes sense if you play the games. Apparently it's completely... Because the thing is with the games, they're all completely separate stories. Apart from... Guy in work was telling me about this. Um, There's a character called Sid in every single one of them. I've played one Final Fantasy game, Final Fantasy XV... I can confirm there is a character called Sid in that game. Also, in the games, in every single one, there is an animal called a chocobo. Now, there is a chocobo in Final Fantasy XV. I didn't spot any chocobos in the film. So there's that. Now, Alec Baldwin leads a team of soldiers that also includes uh, uh, the, the one from Frasier who's not the British, the, the Roz. Roz from Frasier, Steve Buscemi, and Ving Rhames. Uh, so yeah, it's Alec Baldwin and them. Alec Baldwin looks like he was supposed to be voiced by Ben Affleck, but then Ben Affleck decided yeah. to pull out. We, 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 we had this conversation, didn't we? It's weird. He really, really fucking looks like Ben Affleck, and I believe that's going to lead into something for you. But yeah, um, and James Woods wants to fire... A cannon. So he's the military guy. He just wants to blow the phantoms up. But it seems like whenever you hit the phantoms, they just they die, but then they kind of multiply and become worse. So, oh, and Donald Sutherland plays Doctor Sid. So this film was really expensive because they really wanted to get the hair to work. Um, yes. Uh, can I going back to that. It was the most expensive movie made in 2001 by about 20 million. That's, you see, that th- this is the thing. That's fun- Do you know what the second most expensive oh, movie in 2001 was? Harry Potter and the Sorcerers of Philosopher's Stone. Jesus fucking Christ. Right? Yeah. The, uh, it's amazing, but uh, yeah. The Planet of the Apes remake was made in 2001, and that only cost $100 million. Yeah, there, there you go. That that would be a $200 million movie nowadays, yeah. I reckon. Yeah. Which is insane. 
I mean, I forgot it even existed. The, the thing is, it kind of feels like it might be a similar to King Arthur situation where there was a lot of development costs from previous things like piled ah, into it. Yeah. But it almost bankrupted Square, uh, which is a, they're, they're now a publishing giant. Um, but they like developed the the Final Fantasy films and whatnot, uh, games and whatnot, and um, this was like their big move into films, and they partnered up with Sony for it. Um, and it, I mean, the film looks like your average video game cutscene these, these days. Um, yeah. It's 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 really weird that this. Uh, but, I mean, then again, it's just what processing power was like back then. And the thing is, it's all tied to this story. Which feels like Avatar before Avatar, with a little bit of Aliens mixed in there. Um, but it feels like somebody went into the future, watched Avatar in a second language, and then came <laughs> back to the past and said, I've seen this film from the future, which is the highest grossing film ever made. This is what its story was. So let's try and get in there quick. And they've just, like, missed bits. And Alec Baldwin's in there looking like Ben Affleck. It's guff. Yeah, it doesn't sound fantastic. Yeah, it's guff. Oh, but I give it a half star because the last... And the thing is, I saw this in the cinema back in the day, right? Like, 16 years ago. I all The only thing... The only two things I ever remembered about this film was Steve Buscemi's character dies about an hour in. And the last, spoiler alert, never mind, the last line of the film is Donald Sutherland saying, it's warm. <laughs> That's it. Is there a context behind that? Well, the thing is, it's basically like the, the waves have been like uh, collapsed together and it seems to have created a brand new world. And Dr. Sid is there and he like feels this stuff going up into the atmosphere and he goes, it's warm. And then, like, 20 seconds later, the film ends. Oh, that's, that's mad. It's warm, bud. It's warm. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, absolute fucking bobbins, and I'm not surprised it almost bankrupted a studio, because why? Why? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's me for this week. As you for this week, cool. Um, I um, I've only actually really watched actually one thing. Actually, I actually had a look and realised that the other thing I I I, I don't know if you've still got it, but there's an app that brings up a movie of the day um, oh, the for iTunes. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah, and I still have that, and I still have it on notification. It goes off at um, eight thirty nine every day and tells me what movie it is. And the majority of days, I look at it and go. Um, whenever it crops up. But there are occasions where it crops up and I go, fuck it, yeah, I'm going to have that. Well, this week it cropped up um, with the movie uh, on Wednesday. It was Jumping Jack Flash, the Whoopi Goldberg movie. Oh, yeah, you actually bought it. Okay, brilliant. Good for you. Yeah, and I bought it. Um, Yeah, Um, so I started watching that, but I haven't finished watching it, so I'll talk about that next week. Um, The other film I watched um, was on Friday night. I... On Amazon Prime, uh, I uh, rewatched the movie uh, Boiler Room, mm-hmm. uh, the Ben Younger movie, um, which stars Johnny Reese, uh Vin Diesel. Um, just I think around the same year that Pitch Black, the year after Pitch Black came out, but the year before Fast and Furious came out. Um, 
been as well. We've got Ben Affleck in, it, in there. Um, it's a uh, late night, early night is uh, Giovanni Ribisi movie. So of course, Nicky Cat is also in it as well. Uh, Ron Rifkin's in it. Um, Scott Kahn's in it, and Tom Everett Scott is also in it. Um, it is kind of um, loosely. In, based or inspired um, by Jordan Belfort, um, the um, man who obviously we saw Wolf of Wall Street and made out of his life story as an official life story of him. But this kind of takes the idea of what he was doing um, and then mixes it up enough for it not to be liable <laughs> and then made a movie off. Um so, Stanley, have you ever seen Boiler Room? No, I actually have not, no. Have you not? No. I won't give away too much then okay. um, of it, because I will say, you really, you should watch okay. it. Could uh, easily be watched as a, a train movie. Sweet, okay, that sounds good. Could easily be watched over a couple of sittings for a train movie. Uh, but the start of the movie... How about um, a treadmill film? I could, I could say it could probably possibly be a treadmill okay, film, yeah. Yep, great. Um... Jerry B.C. plays a guy called Seth Davis, a 19-year-old kid who's running a casino um, out of his out of his house um, because he's dropped out of college. Um, he comes from a very, very wealthy background. His dad, played by Ron Rifkin, is a uh, federal judge, um, and he has a long-term um, oh, that's right, a, a family friend. A high school friend turns up um, at his um, unlicensed casino uh, one night just as they're about to kind of shut up the night although it is technically a 24-7 business that he's running Um, the kids played by Jeremy uh, by uh, what's his name Giovanni Ribisi Jamie Kennedy oh shit Um, okay he's not in it much so that's great Uh, he's he's in in it a little bit at the beginning but not much throughout, okay. is what I'll say. Ooh, he's he, is he murdered? With, that would be nice. No, oh, he's not, unfortunately. Uh, he turns up with Nicky Cat um, and uh, basically comes in and they start throwing around their money um, and saying, you know, oh, where are you getting that from? It turns out they work for Tommy Britt Scott's uh, TJ Marlin um, investment firm. Uh, and convinced Giovanni Ribisi that he should come and work for them. Um, ben Affleck plays the head of recruitment uh, and has some fantastic uh, Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross rip-off fucking scenes in it, nice. which the film quite literally tells you that's what they're doing, <laughs> Yeah, which is brilliant. Um, and then it's the film essentially follows him as he gets further and further into the firm and gradually starts to realise that things aren't exactly what they seem. Um, but yeah, it's it, it kind of pitches alongside um, Rounders as one of those movies from sort of like the late nineties, early noughties that really should be held in high regard but isn't. Okay. Um, Vin Diesel is really fucking good in this actually. He plays one of the other um, senior brokers at the firm um, and has some great scenes in it, but he's he's very good in it, actually, to be honest. Um, but it's it's a really solid film. It's only hour and 40, it comes, comes in just shy of two hours. Mm. Um, and it's low budget, and you can tell it's low budget, but it's not shitty low budget. It's just, it's the type of movie that Giovanni Ribisi was making around this time. Okay. 
Uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely definitely on Amazon Prime. Definitely worth a watch. It's on Amazon uh, Prime. If anyone's seen it and they've not watched it in a while, it it does hold up, and you can see the fact that it is essentially the John Belfort story, but slightly twisted so that they can't sue. Them. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's, you can't see them. Fucking download. Uh, oh, yes, mate, yeah, so, this game fucking watched this week. Ace. I, I watched this week because it's it, it's good. It's solid, and it's very much a it's a young director, young writer, young cast. This is a young Hollywood fucking film. Sweet on it, and it feels like it. Nice, which is a good thing. Great fucking soundtrack. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it's very much a. A director and a writer who grew up watching um, sort of the films of like John Singleton and things like that. So a lot of the the sort of earlier mid nineties um, wave where you know black youth cinema was a big thing, and you had films like New Jack City came out, and of course Boys in the Hood and Menace to Society and films like that. Um, Juice, you know, we covered a few of them over the, over the past few years on the on the podcast. Um, and it's a guy who grew up watching those movies but he's going do you know what I can't make a a movie about um, you know neighbourhood black kids um, you know who are selling drugs to get by and things like that I can't make a movie about that because I'm from a well off white family Mm. do you know what I can do though I can make a movie about my fucking criminals yeah. but make it like it's one of these movies and it, that's how it's shot and it's how it's made and how it's soundtracked and how it works and it's it's just a shame that he's only made a couple of movies since yeah no quite um, you like Bleed for this though didn't you I really like Bleed for this yeah, yeah I can see why other, others found it a little bit piffy it's better than Bleed for this by the room nah fair enough absolutely there's a lot more there's a lot more cinematic it's more cinematic than that because I will admit that the, 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 one of the key kind of criticisms you can have believe for this is it does look a little bit like a TV movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, yes, no, quite. Um, um, yes, that, that's, that's it for what I've got this week. Um, so, we are going to double review next week, then, aren't we? Uh, with Baywatch and Wonder Woman. Uh, early word on Wonder Woman is, uh, is, is quite positive, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, the early yeah. word on Baywatch is the opposite. So, we'll see what happens. But, 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 uh, do you know what? That that was always gonna happen. It's a Baywatch movie. It, if if that was a fucking Baywatch movie and it was fucking directed by Chris fucking Nolan and it starred everyone that everyone fucking loves, it'd still get fucking criticised. Because well, yeah. <laughs> it's a Baywatch movie. And yeah, and let's face it, it, it's a strange fucking time to make a Baywatch movie. Wow, well, it's the Rock in it. You, you put it's the, the Rock, rock and it's supposed to be franchise Viagra. Yeah, I, I saw a I saw a, a clip from it uh, of um, of uh, Zac Efron saying a character saying um, Abbott's actually described himself and he described himself as eighty percent um, trill and thirty percent attitude. Well, we'll see. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm fine with just watching Zac Efron essentially just be Zac Efron. My, walking around shirtless. My child's bladder is about to. Uh, well, my right. my childlike bladder is about to uh, interrupt me. 
Right, well, I, I shall wrap it up. We have no questions, luckily, uh, for Ian's bladder. Um, but uh, DudeMonkey.com, at DudeMonkey, at Ian Loring, at DudeFors. Um, thank you much for listening, guys, and we shall speak to you next week. Goodbye. We won't see you in 25 years. It'll be next week, don't worry. <laughs>